This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 51, where today we hear about localized and global animal extinction. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. This is episode number 51 of the Visit the Zoo podcast, and I am your host and author of the 12-book, 120-animal Visit the Zoo series of Kindle books and print books and audio books, DVD, and, of course, this podcast, where we are just about ready to be hit by a small hurricane. We live in our studios are in southern Arizona. We're in the middle of the desert. We're in the Saguaro Desert, National Desert, east and west, home to coyotes and bobcats, tarantulas, scorpions, rattlesnakes, and even a mountain lion or two, and they spotted some jaguars up in the mountains as well. We're going to be hit by Hurricane Rosa, I think the name is. It is currently south west of us and it's moving northeast it's probably about 24 hours out and it's a category one hurricane with sustained winds of 75 and gusts up to 90 and who knows what's going to happen when we in the desert here get hit by a hurricane i don't know i would suspect that after it goes northeast and uh, into the warm waters of the the pacific off the baja california crosses over baja then back over the water again over the gulf of california it may pick up steam again before it hits us just south of us here, about 150 miles and crosses the, the shoreline and moves into the Arizona desert. So should be quite interesting. We hope that you check out our two websites, by the way, at Zoo Animals, and that's plural, zooanimals.info, and our new merchandise site at Zooswear. That's the name of the label, Zooswear, Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R, com zooswear.com and you'll get links when you go there when you hit any of the illustrations to either the Amazon or the Zazzle store where we sell the merchandise. We've just added uh, the 25 top dog breed images and the top 10 cat breed and we just started, believe it or not, uh, our Christmas season with a Christmas animal tab and we're populating as fast as we can all of the images for animals in the Christmas spirit. So you may want to check that out again at zooswear.com. So there's a lot going on and I think it's time to get started. Now usually we will have a news story here and we are going to have a news story but I'm going to incorporate that with the animal description segment so we're going to mix things up a little bit today. So what we'll do is we'll just jump right to the mystery animal sound and let me play that for you and after the description I'll tell you a little bit about this animal. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different with the animal description. We're going to start off with a news story, but I want to tell you that this episode is about the mass destruction of animals in a, in a particular area. And it was caused by the 1883 volcanic eruption on the Indonesian island of Krakatoa. But first, I do want to read you a recent news story about that area, about a major earthquake that hit there several days ago. 
some fear in that area that this may be a precursor, if not to another larger earthquake. I think this one was about 7.5, but also possibly to the eruption or continued eruption of Krakatoa. The dateline on this uh, news release is from Jakarta, Indonesia, September the 28th, several days ago before I'm recording this on the 30th, is from the Reuters news agency. A major 7.7 magnitude quake struck off the Indonesian island of Sulawesi on Friday, prompting a tsunami alert hours after a milder earthquake hit that same area. Indonesia's meteorology agency issued an early tsunami warning for people in central Sulawesi and west Sulawesi provinces asking people to evacuate to higher ground. The U.S. Geological Survey put the magnitude of the second quake at a strong 7.5 after first saying it was a 7.7. The earlier earthquake destroyed some houses, killing one person and injuring at least 10. A series of earthquakes in July and August killed nearly 500 people on the holiday island of Lombok, hundreds of kilometers southwest of Sulawesi. Indonesia sits on the Pacific Ring of Fire and is regularly hit by earthquakes. By the way, I just got the updated uh, count, the fatality count, from this earthquake. Like I said, I'm recording this on Sunday the 30th, 4.31 p.m. here local time. And the current death count from this earthquake, as of this episode record date, is 830. 830 and rising. They still have not gotten to several cities and towns and villages on the water. So we should probably pay attention to see what happens. So that is the latest news story on what's happening on that recent earthquake. It is not always mankind that is responsible for the destruction of animal species. It is natural causes that has been responsible for most animal destruction. Natural calamities have certainly taken their toll on a majority of Earth's species. Dinosaurs first appeared on Earth about 200 million years ago. They became the dominant life forms until their sudden extinction at the end of the Cretaceous period about 65 million years ago. The well-known cause is a Mount Everest-sized asteroid that crashed into the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, plunging the Earth into first a fire and then an extended cold crucible, wiping out the dinosaurs in the process. Now and recently, still active volcanoes have taken their mark on animal populations. In the recorded history of mankind, the largest volcano to explode and erupt occurred on an Indonesian island, Krakatoa. Books, movies, documentaries, and scientific studies have been ongoing since that eruption on August the 26th, 1883. First indication that this deadly volcano was about to blow occurred on May the 22nd, 1883, when a nearby German naval ship saw a cloud emanating from the volcanic peak of Krakatoa. A lattice work of lightning was embedded in the rising cloud, accompanied with showers of yellow ash. The cloud dissipated but returned again in June and July of that same year, 1883. A series of ever more powerful earthquakes began to shake that area of Indonesia. Indonesia sits squarely on top of the Pacific Ring of Fire, 
that produces tectonic movement, earthquakes, volcanoes around the perimeter of the Pacific Ocean. There were four great explosions at Krakatoa that began at 5.30 a.m. on the morning of August the 26th, 1883. The explosion had the equivalence of 1,000 nuclear bombs. The main eruption began at 1.06 p.m. It threw volcanic debris, gas, and steam 50 miles into the atmosphere. The fourth and final explosion eruption ripped apart the island and destroyed the towering 6,500-foot-tall volcanic peak. The sound wave from that blast circled the Earth seven times. The sound of the explosion was heard thousands of miles away, some reports coming in from the United States. Reports of red sky sunsets occurred for over four years. And when the pyroclastic flow roared down the flanks of the volcanic cone and spread out at a speed of 200 miles per hour, a wall of gas and incinerating debris, it took out every plant, animal, insect, spore, any living thing, including humans who were near enough to feel the effects of those four explosive eruptions. And in the process, a tsunami was generated over 120 feet high, as tall as a 10-story building. In the end, over 36,000 people were killed, 31,000 from the tsunami, and 5,000 were evaporated by the volcanic pyroclastic flow. Still not as many as were killed in the 2004 earthquake in Sumatra, Indonesia. That earthquake registered 9.1. Then and there, over 230,000 people were killed in that human, plant, and animal disaster. A total of 120,000 of that number were located in Indonesia alone. A total of 13 countries were affected in 2004. And in the wake of the disaster at Krakatoa, only a small stump of nearby Rakata Island was left. And since 1883, a new island has been building from the sea. It is called Anak Krakatoa, or Child of Krakatoa. Anak Krakatoa is still to this day an active volcano. It surfaced from underwater in 1927 after an underwater eruption in 1923. And it continues to grow larger and larger, almost 15 feet per year. In 1884, the only sign of life detected on nearby Rakata Island was one microscopic spider that somehow survived. One spider. That was in 1884. Within 40 years after the 1883 Krakatoa eruption, almost 600 animal species were detected. These species were dropped or swam or flew into nearby Rakata and other affected islands. Today, 135 years later, forest and new species of butterflies, birds, reptiles, and other life have returned. Natural Earth-made disasters will continue to impact life on Earth. Both animal and animal species will be affected. But as humans replaced the dinosaurs' demise 65 million years ago, life has found a way to return to those decimated Indonesian islands. That is, until the next massive eruption, which will most certainly occur on that section of the Pacific Ring of Fire. And that's a little bit about Krakatoa. 
All right, let's go back to our animal sound. Let's see if you guessed what this animal is. Let me let me play it again for you. And that is the redneck ostrich, also known as the North African ostrich. And I bet you could never guess where they live. They live, of course, in northeastern Africa. They are the largest living bird on earth. They run very fast, up to 45 miles per hour. They have powerful long legs, beautiful feathers, and they can weigh the redneck ostrich almost 340 pounds. Their neck is a pinkish red, and they, like I said, they are widespread across western and northeastern Africa. Recently, though, their numbers have dropped drastically, and they are considered critically endangered. They eat mostly plants, and they live in groups of anywhere from 5 to 50 individuals. They stand about 5 to 6 feet tall, and they live 40 to 45 years. The common ostrich, a cousin, of course are found in zoos and in captivity around the world. And that's a little bit about the ostrich. It's time again for our segment where we read a poem or give you some quotes. And I've got some more quotes today from some very interesting people. And let's start off uh, with our first one. This is from Joy Williams. She was born in 1944, and she's an American novelist and a short story writer and, and an essayist. And for centuries, poets, some poets, have tried to give voice to the animals, and readers, some readers, have felt empathy and sorrow. If animals did have voices and they could speak with the tongues of angels, at the very least with the tongues of angels, they would be unable to save themselves from us. What good would language do? Their mysterious otherness has not saved them, nor have their beautiful songs, coats or skins, shells or eyes. This next quote is from Jean M. Owen. Her last name is spelled A-U-E-L. She was born in 1936, and she is a well-known writer who wrote the book and then turned into a movie called The Clan of the Cave Bear, and she concentrates on prehistoric Europe in her novels. The other mammoths were as protective of the dying as they were of newborns, and they gathered around trying to make the fallen one get up. When all was over, they buried the dead ancestor, under piles of dirt, grass, leaves, or snow. Mammoths were even known to bury other dead animals, including humans. His next quote is from Tom Reagan, R-E-G-A-N. He was born in 1938 and he died in 2017. He was an American philosopher who specialized in animal rights theory. Because we have viewed other animals through the myopic lens of our self-importance, we have misperceived who and what they are. Because we have repeated our ignorance one to the other, we have mistaken it for knowledge. And this last quote for today was written by Charles Darwin, a name should sound familiar, who was born in 1809. He died in 1882. And, of course, he is a world-renowned English naturalist, geologist, biologist. And he is most known 
for his evolution theory. Besides love and sympathy, animals exhibit other qualities connected with social instincts, which in us would be called moral. And those are our quotes for today. And that is a wrap. We had a little bit different time. I mixed it up a little bit, and I hope that you stayed with me, and I want to thank you very much for joining me, and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode, number 52, which means, of course, we have been podcasting now for one year exactly. Our one-year anniversary will be one week and from now, and I am planning a few surprises on that episode, maybe a look back as to what has happened here over the last year. So please join me then next week for episode number 52. And as usual, we urge you to subscribe and rate and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it be on iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker or one of a dozen other podcast distribution sites. Please check our two websites at Zoo Animals, that's plural, zooanimals.info, which is our main site, and our brand new zooswear.com merchandise site. It's spelled Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R, and I continue to populate that website with new designs, and every single design that you see, all you have to do is just click on the design, and it'll take you right to the description page, whether that's on Amazon or on Zazzle. Last week, I put up the top 25 dog breed images and also the 10 top cat images and also the wildlife images from all of the photographs that we've taken for Visit the Zoo. And in the last couple of days, I added a new tab for Christmas animals. So if you want to give some Christmas gift or wear some Christmas swag, shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, or a sweatshirt, why don't you go to zooswear.com, Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. I want to thank you again for joining me and hope you join us again next week for the one-year anniversary show of Visit the Zoo. Bye for now.